Good morning. We are continuing our series looking at the God of the encounter, looking at different characters in the Bible who have encountered God in life-transforming ways. We know God loves to encounter those who he loves, and that's, that's everyone. What he is after is a heart that is willing to encounter him and be transformed by him. We've looked so far at the likes of Isaiah, uh, Elijah, Noah, uh, Mary, a uh, real heavyweight of the Bible where lots of pages dedicated to their lives encountering God. Today, we are looking at Bartimaeus. Uh, there were just a handful of verses in the Bible uh, which are dedicated to him, this blind beggar who encounters Jesus on a roadside. His story is told in the Gospels of Luke and Matthew, as well as the account we will focus on today in Mark chapter 10, verses 46 to 52. So feel free to get your Bibles and turn to those, to those verses now, and we'll read that passage in a moment. In the first verse of our passage today, we are introduced to Bartimaeus as the son of Timaeus. It's easy to quickly gloss over this detail, and it might sound obvious to say it, but Bartimaeus is a son, and he has a dad, Timaeus. And whatever has led him to wind up as a beggar on the streets just outside Jericho. And he clearly has suffered much pain and rejection in his life. Bartimaeus remains a son. And on this Father's Day, it's good to remind ourselves that whatever we're going through, whether good, bad or indifferent, we are and always will be sons and daughters of our Abba Father. So let's read the passage together. Mark 10 verses 46 to 52. And they came to Jericho. And as he, that's Jesus, was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Shall we pray? Lord Jesus, thank you that you, uh, that you love to transform lives. Thank you that you love to encounter us uh, and, and meet with us. Uh, Lord, I pray this morning, would you open our eyes to, to what it is you have to say to us. Open our hearts uh, to, to be changed this morning. Uh, we pray this in your mighty name, Lord Jesus. Amen. What do you want me to do for you? As Bartimaeus encounters Jesus, this is the question he has asked. It's a question Jesus had already asked earlier in chapter 10, when James and John, two of his disciples, said to Jesus, we want you to do, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. Jesus responds with the same question, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus wants us to say what we want, because it reveals what's on our heart. It reveals what our desires are. James and John asked for positions of honour, and power alongside Jesus. Their request was self-centered and they misunderstood uh, the mission of Jesus. Bartimaeus 
asked for his sight. As we look at the story of Bartimaeus this morning, consider how you would answer the question from Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? To give you a heads up on where we're going this morning, uh, we're looking at uh, three areas. We're looking at the cry, uh, we're looking at the encounter, and we're looking at the blind. And the blind's got two parts. So really, it's four, it's four, four areas, really. I'm just cheating. But number one, the cry. Before the encounter with Jesus for Bartimaeus, there was a cry for help to Jesus, a cry from the heart. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Bartimaeus clearly knows who Jesus is and what he can do. This is the final leg of Jesus' journey to Jerusalem, where he will first be hailed as the Messianic King of the Jews, the son of David. But days later, those cries of praise turn to cries of crucify him. Jesus is known for his teaching, his miracles, his compassion. So no wonder there's a, there's a great crowd around him as he leaves Jericho. And Bartimaeus seizes his opportunity. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Here is a man who's on the edge of society, outside the city walls. He's probably occupied the same patch for, uh, of the road for years, begging for food, hoping for a shekel or two, being ignored and having no significance to anyone. When attempts are made to shut him up, it says in the passage, he cried out all the more. Here is a man who's desperate for an encounter with Jesus. Encountering God begins with our recognizing our needs of God, expressed in a cry for help or a cry for more of him in our lives. And in the case of Bartimaeus, doing so from a position of feeling helpless, isolated, marginalized. For those of you who know Jesus this morning, is there a cry of help from your heart? Do you feel lost, isolated, marginalized or fearful perhaps? Maybe your circumstances aren't what you want them to be. Maybe you feel overlooked. Maybe it's the same old, same old. Maybe there's a situation that you don't want to be in that you can't see a way out of. Maybe you've been hiding something for years, weighed down under a cloak of secrecy. But you know Jesus. You know he has the power to heal. He has the power to break through, to change your circumstances. But you must cry out. Bartimaeus had clearly heard about Jesus. He could have stayed silent. He could have listened to the voices of the crowd and, and shut up. But he made a choice to cry out all the more because he knew he needed Jesus, because he knew Jesus would hear and would stop for him. You can stay silent. You can put up with where you are, maybe stuck in the rut at the roadside. And maybe everything within you is crying out, what's the point? What's the point of crying out? Nothing will change. I'm not feeling it. It's too hard. Silence those voices and with faith in the love and compassion and power of Jesus, cry out to him from your heart. Because Jesus will hear. He will stop. He will call you. And he will ask you what you want. There was a cry in the hearts of many people in our town and nation right now. People who are blind to what Bartimaeus could see, that Jesus is the answer to their cries. Whether it's anxieties surrounding COVID-19, 
suffering the pain of injustices resulting from racial discrimination, or being on the edges of society for whatever reason, putting hope in government or in simply the goodwill and actions of those around us, or anything else for that matter, won't cut it. Nothing can meet that deeper cry from the heart. Face to face is the church's ministry to the homeless and vulnerable. Uh, and in lockdown, we've been going to the hotel every Sunday afternoon where rough sleepers are being housed uh, in Bedford. We've been offering cake uh, and a gospel message, a chat, uh, and maybe some prayer for those who we come across. And a few weeks ago, we met someone for the first time. Uh, and he was spoken to by Antonio and Paul, and uh, he was prayed for. He, he accepted some prayer and some cake, I believe, as well. But he, he was also keen to find out more. And later on, uh, a week or two later, he revealed that the night before, he had said to his wife, uh, in, in a moment of uh, desperation almost, I need to go to a church. It came, from, it came from nowhere. And it was in response to facing some challenging life circumstances. And lo and behold, the next day, he goes to the hotel and he meets people from All Nations Church who spoke with him, introduced Jesus to him and prayed with him. He's been followed up several times since in recent weeks. And in this last week, him, his wife and a friend of his have given their lives to Jesus. And that's just a magnificent testimony of what God can do when, when he, encounters, he encounters people and responds to their heart cry. It's such an exciting thing that's happened there. A cry of the heart met through an encounter with Jesus. Number two, we're looking at the encounter now. When Bartimaeus cried out to Jesus, Jesus stopped. Even though Jesus had his eyes fixed on Jerusalem, on the immense suffering that was coming his way, he heard the cry from the heart and stopped. And he got the crowd to call Bartimaeus over to him. And just look at the enthusiasm in Bartimaeus' response. He throws off his cloak. He springs up on his feet. I can imagine him sitting down on the roadside for hours on end every single day, hoping for a bit of food or a bit of money. And if it was me, I'd, I'd be getting up slowly and gingerly, I think, you know, sort of feeling a bit sore and a bit stiff. But not Bartimaeus. He sprung up and came to Jesus. And as we've seen, Jesus asked him that question, what do you want me to do for you? Bartimaeus has probably not been asked this question by anyone for years. But rather than treat Jesus like, like a genie, right, the three wishes I would like you to grant me are, rather than that, Bartimaeus goes for the root of his marginalization. Let me recover my sight. Remove that which creates a barrier between me and the world. Remove that which causes the isolation, the separation, the marginalization. Remove that which causes people to walk past me and shun me. Imagine the anticipation in his voice. Let me recover my sight. And Jesus' response, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight. Wow, not only has Bartimaeus received physical healing here, he's also received salvation and acceptance. His faith has made him well in every sense. The cry of his heart has been met by Jesus, who has restored him physically and spiritually, and will see him no longer ignored or overlooked. Indeed, he actually joins the crowd 
in following Jesus down the road. Your faith has made you well. Jesus heals today through the power of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1 verses 19 to 20 says that we can know the immeasurable greatness of his power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. We keep on saying that we need to see more healings, to see the power of the Holy Spirit at work, to see God's kingdom break in so we can point people to Jesus. We've seen some great stuff over the last couple of years, uh, some great testimonies of people being healed, of breakthrough in so many areas. But we want more, we need more. When we pray for healing, let's do so on the back of a heart cry, where we make ourselves vulnerable before Jesus. Cry out for help and throw off any cloaks of disappointment, lack of expectation, hedging our bets or concern at what others might think. And let's pray according to what people are asking for, what people would like Jesus to do for them, rather than assume that we know what they want. Why healing doesn't matter, why healing doesn't happen, rather, when we do this, isn't clear. Rather than overanalyze to the point where we get paralysis by analysis and get disheartened. I want to challenge myself and you to cry out for God to heal for ourselves and others we come across and to pray expectantly rather than tentatively, to persevere and to go again and again and again, knowing that Jesus will answer, he does hear, he will stop and, and to leave it in the hands of Jesus. When Jesus restores Bartimaeus' sight, Bartimaeus followed him on the way. He left behind his spot on the roadside, his life of begging, and I'd like to think he left a cloak behind as well, that which weighed him down. He is healed and he is saved. He is changed forever, transformed by the love, the power and the compassion of Jesus. He is now a follower of Jesus. Whilst the focus in this passage is on Bartimaeus' encounter with Jesus and the amazing healing that took place, there is a great crowd around Jesus as he leaves Jericho on the road to Jerusalem. And I want to take a few moments now to look at the crowd's response to Jesus and to Bartimaeus. So looking at part three, the blind, part one. Are we blind to those outside the church who have yet to meet Jesus? The crowd who followed Jesus out of Jericho were so focused on Jesus that they missed Bartimaeus. And on the face of it, this was a crowd of people whose hearts had not been softened by hearing Jesus' teaching or seeing him work miracles. No one saw Bartimaeus, no one saw the need. Or if they did, no one responded to the need. Whilst the crowd were following Jesus down the road, this isn't following Jesus. It certainly isn't encountering Jesus where we get transformed with an encounter with our Lord Jesus. This is watching Jesus. This is waiting for a soundbite. This is waiting for another miracle to video and stick on Facebook so they could say, I was there. When Bartimaeus started crying out to Jesus, have mercy on me, they saw Bartimaeus as an annoyance, as a distraction to the main attraction. Jesus. Indeed, it says in the passage, many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. Those in the crowd perhaps thought they were doing okay. 
They recognize Jesus as being someone special. And they maybe even agreed with Bartimaeus' assertion that he may well be the Messianic King, the son of David that they've been waiting for for so long. But what they didn't realize was that Bartimaeus was not the only one suffering from blindness on that day. They were blind to the needs of one who was marginalized, on the edge, looked down upon. They chose to ignore him. And when Bartimaeus had the temerity to shout for help, they tried to shut him down. Jackie Pollinger, who has spent most of her life in Hong Kong, uh, in, in what was the notorious walled city, um, serving and ministering to prostitutes, drug addicts, gang leaders. She said this, God wants us to have soft hearts and hard feet. The trouble with so many of us is that we have hard hearts and soft feet. We need to see and be moved by the plight of those on the edge, of those struggling, those without hope, and walk with them, walk alongside them. The reaction of the crowd concerns me because I don't want to be someone who's so wrapped up in myself and my walk with Jesus that I miss those who Jesus came for. And I don't want our church to be a church that is so busy doing stuff that we miss those who Jesus came for. Jesus came for the sick. He came for the marginalized, for the oppressed, for those on the periphery, for those without hope, for those who are lost. He left the 99. He left the crowd to pursue the one. The 99 matter. They are rescued, they are safe, they are secure. But right now, the one matters more. The one needs going after. The one needs our attention and our focus. It's why Jesus stopped. It's why Jesus called out to Bartimaeus. And so begins the encounter that leads to Bartimaeus' healing and salvation. We should stop. We should call out, we should talk, communicate, and spend time with individuals who have a need and be prepared to enter into their need. We've heard so often, we keep on saying that this is a time of great opportunity for the church in the midst of this pandemic, that people are asking questions that maybe we can answer. But are we stopping to take notice? Are we listening to the cries of their heart? Are we calling out to people and offering them the opportunity to meet with Jesus. This is huge. The responsibility of engineering encounters with Jesus to those who are crying out, but don't even know that they need Jesus. Things like taking cake into a hotel where rough sleepers are staying week after week seems like a small thing. But after many weeks of being there, a man shows an interest, he's prayed for, he's followed up, and now he and two others have encountered Jesus, their lives transformed. Doing pop-up church in different places around Bedford is taking the gospel message out into the town beyond these church walls and offering opportunity for people to encounter Jesus. If we were to quietly sit still and wait for it to happen, to wait for people to come to us, we are denying people the opportunity to meet with Jesus. Silence is not an option. Silence is indifference. How soft is your heart? How soft is your heart? How hard are your feet? 
Are you prepared to walk alongside and invest your time and your energy in people who are struggling for mile after mile after mile? We will have, we are starting to have many opportunities to step up and do this. Are you willing to step forward and develop some hard feet? Capacity is a word that I've used several times recently, more, more to myself than anything else. I, I feel like I have a limited capacity to get involved. I can only do so much. But that's just excuse making. We offer what we can to God and we trust in him to use it, to multiply. He's a God of multiplication. He's an exponential God. Rather than trusting what I can, what I can bring, trust in what God can do with what you can offer. You can bet your bottom dollar that Bartimaeus, once he was healed, wouldn't have been like the rest of the crowd had been with him. The next beggar down the road as he walked off with the crowd, he would have seen him, he would have come alongside him, and he would have introduced him to Jesus. Bartimaeus was changed by encountering Jesus, and he was empowered to share the good news that he had experienced himself. Part two of, of The Blind. Are we blind to those inside church who are hurting and in pain? We've seen that it can be easy to be blind to the needs of the world around us, but we can also be blind to the hurt and injustices suffered by those in our church family. Bartimaeus is a Jew, like pretty much everyone in that crowd, I imagine. He would have held on to the same promises and the same hopes that those in the crowd had. He was looking forward to a long-awaited Messiah. He was hoping that Jesus might be the one. And yet the crowd don't notice him. They don't recognize him. They don't understand his pain. They don't welcome him as one of their own. These last few weeks, since the death of George Floyd in America, they've seen a lot of pain, a lot of frustration, a lot of anger be released in the UK, in our town, and yes, in our church family as well. And I have to admit, I've been taken aback by the scale of the response. And I've realized that not only is my knowledge of black history and why we are where we are not great, but also that I probably assumed it, it wasn't a big issue in our town. It wasn't a big issue in our church. So I'm trying to educate myself a bit. And I'm trying to talk to some different people who might be affected by what's, what's been going on. My perspective has shifted. As Rich reminded us last week, we are a brand new race of people displaying God's multicolored, multifaceted wisdom, learning to love and be community together under the culture of Christ. And part of doing this better is to be willing to see from the perspective of another, to walk alongside someone who is hurting. Because if you're hurting, I'm hurting. If someone in the church is hurting, we all hurt. So I want to encourage you again, Stop, call someone and listen. Encountering Jesus is a risk. It asks, it asks you to open up yourself to him, to make yourself vulnerable, to cry out to him, to be willing to have your heart changed, to have your heart softened, to be willing to have a life that's changed. If you haven't 
encountered Jesus before, you can do. Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem to die on a cross in place of you and me, to take, to take the punishment of all the things that we've done wrong. He would rise from the dead, breaking his power and offering new life to whoever believes in him. The Holy Spirit now lives in all believers, transforming our hearts. Only Jesus can set you free. Cry out to him now, come as you are. Don't feel you have to jump through hoops or sort some things out first. Come as you are. Lay down those things that you think are getting in the way. Lay down those things you've done wrong and resolve to follow Jesus. And just as we close, just for a moment, I'm gonna ask you to, just to change your body position. If it helps you to stand up, stand up. If it helps you to hold your hands out, hold your hands out. Just to be ready to focus and help you get your focus on Jesus. And hear Jesus asking you, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Jesus has stopped. He hears your cry. What's your answer? What is your answer? Ask him to break into, into the hurts that you might have, whether that's physical, whether that's emotional, whether that's mental, whether that's spiritual, any struggles that you're going through, and pray for breakthrough. Ask for breakthrough. Maybe ask him to break your heart for those who don't know him to break your heart for, for those who need Jesus, who need to know that encounter, so that you can, you can have hard feet and a soft heart and go after someone. Maybe ask them to break your heart for those who do know him and are struggling right now. Ask him for a new perspective. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you came to transform. Thank you that you gave up your life on a cross and rose again to offer us new life, transformed life. Life where our hearts are changed, our hearts are softened. Lord, I pray, would, would you give us the desires of your heart? Would you break our hearts for what breaks yours? Would you... Would you shake us out of any comfort zone that we might be in right now and help us to see with new eyes, with a new perspective, with your perspective, those who are around us who are hurting, those who are around us who are in pain. And give us the, give us the courage to reach out. Give us the courage to come alongside and give us the perseverance to continue walking alongside day after day after week after month after year. Lord, I pray, would, would your church family grow stronger through these days? Would your church in Bedford grow stronger in these days? Would your church across our nation grow stronger in these days? We pray all of this, Lord, in your mighty name. Amen.